Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to this, the 32nd iteration of the Konoha Companion. And this is Joshua, your Konoha Companion, as always. On this episode, we're going to be covering episode 31 of Naruto, entitled Bushy Brow's Pledge, Undying Love and Protection. And before I dive directly into rehashing that episode, I do want to give us a quick breakdown of what happened on the previous episode in my own words. And so... To make a long story really quick, the imposter ninja has uh, cornered Sasuke into a fight, and Sasuke decides that he has to have the courage to face this demon in order to face his brother, right? Um, he's got this big goal to destroy his brother, and he's realizing that there's no way he'll take out his brother if he can't even stand up to this ninja here in the forest. The imposter and Sasuke fight, and it seems evenly matched at first, although obviously it's not. Um, the imposter is incredibly fast, but Sasuke can keep up with them with his Sharingan. He then blasts the imposter with a fireball jutsu, but it does nothing. It shows us Anko, who is still on the move towards the current situation. Uh, she definitely seems to know that she is outmatched in what she's heading into, uh, but is determined to end this ASAP. Right, so she's she's diving headlong into a situation that she believes is deadly for. Her. The fight between Sasuke and the imposter continue, where Sasuke dodges an attack and body slams the imposter on their head, like a WWE Undertaker Tombstone Piledriver style, uh, and seems to win the fight. But it's revealed that he was fighting a clone. Right, the clone like turns into mud. The imposter attacks from Sasuke's blind spot, and uh, he like throws a bunch of thrown ninja weapons at him. Sasuke dodges this and falls from the trees, saving himself using his wire strings to grab a branch and like Spider-Man swing uh, to another branch where the imposter is waiting for him with a big right hand. The imposter hits Sasuke with an ultra combo that sets him on his ass. As the imposter talks shit, it's revealed that Sasuke planted several small bombs on the imposter's garment, which blow up just in time for Sasuke to launch his own counterattack. Sasuke manages to tie the imposter to a tree with his wire strings, with, uh, and uh, with the imposter uh, tied down, uh, he hits him with an attack that the imposter actually refers to as a Sharingan windmill triple attack. Sasuke then hits the imposter with a fire-style dragon flame jutsu, which seemingly ends the fight. Sakura comes to congratulate Sasuke when suddenly the imposter simply lurches forward and snaps the wires and hits the squadlings with another fear paralysis jutsu. It turns out the Dragon Flame Jutsu managed to tear up the imposter's face, and it reveals in this moment that under the imposter's face is another face. And this face, the, I guess the imposter's true face, has the purple markings and the yellow eyes from the intro, so clearly this character is significant. As the imposter talks to Sasuke, who's now paralyzed, their voice changes from the feminine voice of the grass ninja, who they were impersonating, to that of their own, which is male, it's kind of deep, it's very, like, slithery and snake-like, it's scary as shit. The imposter also reveals their headband is actually a hidden sound headband 
so we now know this ninja's apparent affiliations. The imposter then tells Sasuke that he's definitely Itachi's brother and that his eyes are maybe even sharper than his brother's. Sasuke demands to know what is going on and the imposter reveals themselves as Orochimaru, which is a huge moment. This is like one of the big bads. He's like on the, he's like the eyes that are looking over the squadlings in the intro, right? So like he's going to be of significance, at least assumedly moving forward. He then pulls out and burns the squadlings scroll with green fire and then uh, yells them his intentions won't be revealed until after Sasuke passes the test that he has set forward for him by beating his sound ninja he has following him. Orochimaru then, like, his neck, like, elongates and stretches and leaps over to Sasuke and bites him on the neck and gives him what is later revealed to be a curse mark, which causes Sasuke crippling pain. Orochimaru demands that Sasuke will seek him out, desiring his power, and that in the meantime, he enjoyed the demonstration of the powers that he currently possesses. Sasuke winds up passing out from the pain of the curse mark, and Sakura panics, calling out for Naruto. In this moment, several crows squawk and fly off, startling Sakura. This may in fact be significant, remember the crows. Orochimaru emerges out of a tree some distance away, and then um, he, like, melts most of his body back into the trunk of the tree. Onko then rolls up on Orochimaru, and they clearly have history. Onko refers to Orochimaru as an S-class criminal who's on the top of the most wanted list. And at this point, uh, Orochimaru reveals that he was Anko's old sensei. So at this point, you can determine that Orochimaru actually has some previous affiliations with the Hidden Leaf, and now he's just off doing some other shit on his own. We also get a good look at Anko's jutsu. Uh, she has almost Wolverine-like claws, except that they're smaller, and they protrude from the base of her hand, uh, the base of her palm right and fit between her fingers so like she closes her fingers around them whereas uh wolverine's claws like come out from between the knuckles right uh these fit between her fingers and come out of her palm uh orochimaru attacks onko with his stretchy tongue which she dodges but ultimately gets grabbed around the wrist by the stretchy tongue she attacks with a striking shadow snake attack which is basically uh her shooting several really long, like, stretchy snakes out of her sleeve at Orochimaru. And this is cool because you can see clearly that she is a disciple of his with the snake jutsu that he also utilizes. Uh, her striking shadow snake jutsu hits directly, and uh, she yanks Orochimaru out of the tree and slams him against another tree. Uh, when he falls to the a tree branch, Anko rushes him and stabs both of their hands to the tree, pinning them both. She then uses Orochimaru's free hand uh, and uses it as the second hand that she needs as she's casting a forbidden jutsu that uh, Orochimaru actually taught her. The ninja art twin snake sacrifice jutsu, which kills them both, which is supposed to kill them both. 
In this moment, the real Orochimaru emerges out of the tree behind Anko, and it's revealed that she was fighting a substitution all along. Orochimaru peels the rest of the grass ninja's face, who he was impersonating, off of his face, right? Like he just peels the grass ninja's face off like a, like a crude mask, uh, and then proceeds to mock Anko. Um, Anko tries to attack, but it's ultimately to no effect. Orochimaru at that point puts her under the fear paralysis jutsu. Anko asks if Orochimaru is here to kill the Hokage, and he laughs and responds, No, not yet. I don't have quite enough followers to attempt that, but I've heard such good things about this village, I thought I might want to make it mine. It's revealed that Orochimaru has uh, put a curse mark on Anko as well in the past, um, and so it's clear that you can survive for a while with the curse mark. It's also revealed that Sasuke only has a 1 in 10 chance of surviving the effects of the curse mark. Uh, Orochimaru refers to Anko as someone who he used and tossed aside. He then refers to Sasuke as the potential heir he's been looking for, and if he isn't, at least uh, he makes things more interesting for him for the time being. He also threatens that if Anko or anyone else gets in the way of his fun or stops the exams early, it'll mean the end of the Hidden Leaf Village entirely. He then disappears into thin air. At this point, it shows us Team Guy, who decides to strike while the other teams call it a night. Shout out to the password. They fan out, and that's the last we see of them for a while. Anko mends her wounds and gets cornered by several humongous tigers in the Forest of Death. The Ombu Black Ops save the day, and they together decide for Anko to continue to the tower um, and to continue the tuning exams and for them to send for Lord Third to meet Anko in the tower while she'll be able to explain everything in detail. Sakura continues to watch over Naruto and Sasuke while they're unconscious, and it's revealed that Team Sound is watching them from the darkness. Their target is... Sasuke, but they're okay with killing the other guys if they get in the way. Sakura wakes up and it's morning and all is peaceful for the time being. And the episode ends. Right. So that's the previous episode in a nutshell. This episode starts up and again it starts a little ways back. So there will be a little bit of overlap here between their rehashing and my rehashing. But it will be more than a couple minutes. So... This episode effectively starts, right? And Orochimaru is approaching a paralyzed Anko. And Anko asks him, why are you here? And Anko, and uh, excuse me, uh, Orochimaru responds, I'm disappointed. I expected a friendlier reception after all this time. Anko then shakily says, don't tell me you've come here to assassinate Lord Hokage. To which Orochimaru responds, no, not yet. I don't have quite enough followers to attempt that. But I've heard such good things about this village, I thought I might want to make it mine. Anko groans in pain and drops to her knees, holding onto her neck, right where her curse mark is. Orochimaru remarks, oh, is it the mark? And he uh, you know, pulls her shirt back and it shows the curse mark. And he continues, I put that same curse mark on a young man just a little while ago. A very promising prospect as he squats down to get on Anko's level. Anko angrily demands, You haven't changed, I see. He will die before he serves you. And Orochimaru smugly agrees, remarking very possibly, 
I'd say the odds are 1 in 10 against him. But this kid may survive, as you did. Anko remarks, it sounds like you want him bad, huh? Then Orochimaru reaches out and touches Anko's face, taunting, Aw, jealous, is that it? You can't forgive me, can you? For using you, then tossing you aside. In some ways, the boy has even more potential than you had. You see, he's inherited the sublime abilities of the Uchiha clan. And he, like, laughs and smiles and has, like, the creepiest look on his face. He then continues, And his physical condition is excellent. Yes, he might very well be the heir I'm looking for. He then stands up and begins walking away. And as he walks away, he says, At the very least, he makes things interesting. Whatever happens, make sure no one stops the exams. Three of my followers are also candidates. I look forward to seeing how they fare. He then disappears in a plume of purple smoke. His disembodied voice then calls out to Anko, Bear this in mind. If anything happens to deprive me of my fun, it means the end of the Leaf Village. And so, it seems like there might be some contradictory information here, right? Um, Orochimaru is saying he doesn't have enough followers to kill the Hokage, but if anybody does anything to stop his fun, it'll mean the end of the Leaf Village entirely. And so it's like, I feel like if you're gonna take out the Leaf Village, the road to taking out the Leaf Village goes through the Hokage. So if you don't have enough followers to take out the Hokage, you don't have enough followers to take out the Leaf Village, right? Because you don't take out the Leaf Village without taking out the Hokage. But we're going to see how this all pans out, right? We don't even know if any of this is ever even going to come to fruition. It's just, I'm trying to keep coherent track of what's been said and what the threats are, and it seems like there's some fuckery about here. But we will see how it all happens. The scene at this point transitions to Team Guy, who's sitting on the base of a large tree where Neji says, All right, that's enough resting up, I think. The other teams will be calling it a day soon, and that means it's time to strike. You know the plan. We split up and fan out. He then stands up and continues, Whatever happens, whether we make contact with another team or not, we meet up back here at this spot. He throws a kunai into the ground and asks, Got it? Tintin responds, No sweat. And Rockley responds, Roger. Neji then announces, All right then, let's move. And the three then disperse in different directions, leaving trails of dust in their wakes. And I do love that, uh, you know, Neji as kind of the, what would appear to be the de facto team captain has basically instructed his team to wait to strike until the ninjas are, the other ninjas, the other enemies are asleep and their weapons are forgotten in the night, which is like exactly what the password was for our squadlings. So, uh, Mike Guy and Kakashi have their teams on point, or at least being trained up to have a similar disposition when it comes right down to it. It shows us Rock Lee, who is leaping from limb to limb rapidly when it zooms in on his face and the title slide comes in. And Rock Lee actually gets to read this title slide. And Rock Lee reads, Bushy Brow's Pledge, Undying Love and Protection. 
The scene then transitions to Sakura, who's watching over Naruto and Sasuke, who are both still unconscious. She reaches up and grabs one of the few towels she has hanging overhead, and she folds the towel neatly, pours water onto it, and then wrings it out, and replaces the rag that is currently on Sasuke's head with the fresh one that she just prepared. Sasuke is still clearly in a bad way, wincing in pain even while knocked out. Which, shout out Sakura. Like, girls taking care of these guys when they're knocked out, like, for real, for real. Like, if it weren't for her, someone could just walk up and, like, bust their head with a rock. So, you know, Sakura holds it down when it comes right down to it. She's always that kind of flex player that makes it so that Naruto and Sasuke can go do their big flamboyant shit. But... she's been up all night, right? And she starts to doze off again, but shakes herself awake thinking, I can't fall asleep. I have to protect these two. But she simply can't help it and dozes off while sitting upright. As she snoozes, Naruto wakes up and has a big stretch and yawn. He then remarks, oh wow, I slept really great. Sakura wakes up and happily calls out to Naruto. Sasuke then wakes up and she calls out for him as well. Sasuke then wakes up, uh, excuse me, Sasuke wakes up and she calls out for him again. Sasuke pulls the towel off of his head and asks, did you take care of us this whole time? Naruto chimes in enthusiastically, thanks Sakura, we're all better because of you. And Sakura is like nearly overwhelmed with the motion, right? She starts like she starts to tear up, but holds it together and remarks, I'm glad you're both okay. When suddenly something catches her eye from behind the guys, and when we get a closer look, it's Orochimaru. And he menacingly says, Now you'll see what it's like to be prey, panicking and frantically running away from a predator, and that predator is me. He then lunges forward and turns into a humongous snake. And Sakura goes to warn the guys, but her voice won't work. She grabs her throat and thinks, my voice is gone. All our voices are gone. And the giant snake lunges in and is about to snatch them all up. And Sakura has like a moment of pure panic as this is happening. And then she wakes up, still sitting over Naruto and Sasuke, who are both still unconscious. And she thinks to herself, it was just a dream. And she looks around and thinks, huh, I can't believe it's daytime already. When suddenly, the bushes behind her begin to tremble. And she thinks, oh no. But she works up the courage to pull out her kunai and turn and face the potential threat. And it turns out to be a squirrel. She then thinks, a squirrel? She then says aloud, don't surprise me like that, little guy. The squirrel then starts running towards her, and Sakura gasps and throws her kunai, making it land just in front of the squirrel. This panics the squirrel and causes it to run off. Sakura lets out a big sigh and thinks, that was too close. And I guess if a squirrel's actually a threat, you know. It then shows us Orochimaru's team of sound ninja headed up by Dosu. Zaku, the other guy in the group, there's two guys and a girl. There's the leader, the kind of beta guy, and then the girl with the long black hair. This is the kind of beta guy, Zaku. Not the leader of the team, remarks disappointedly. I thought for sure that would work. Do you think she saw the paper bomb we put on the squirrel? 
And in this moment, it shows us the squirrel running away, and you can see they stuck a brown paper bomb to its back. Dosu responds to this, no, that wasn't it. Zaku turns and asks, then what was it? What are you thinking? And Dosu responds simply, I'm thinking we need to go closer and find out. He then peeks out from the bushes and said, so let's get going. And he lets out an evil laugh, right? It briefly shows us Sasuke, who is still clearly in a bad way, unconscious and wincing in pain. The scene then transitions back to Rock Lee, who is going along the branches and he stops his progress through the forest to kneel on a branch. He hears a wrestling below him and it's revealed to be leaves that were knocked free from the tree by the force of Lee landing on the branch. Lee then clenches his fist and issues himself a challenge with a gleam in his eye. He thinks to himself, all right, if I can catch all 20 of these leaves before they hit the ground, then Sakura will fall in love with me. And he literally blushes just at the thought of this. But if I cannot, then she will never return my feelings. That is the challenge I'm going to give myself. The beat drops and Lee remembers the time Sakura said, Those eyebrows are so bushy. You're such a weirdo. He then tears up and thinks to himself, I can't believe she said that. I'll show her I'm worthy. And his eyes fill up with fire as he leaps into action. And he catches almost all the leaves. But as he catches the 19th leaf, he lands on his back on a limb. Straight backbreaker style. He looks towards the ground and sees one leaf still floating and thinks, one left. He leaps down to snag it, but just as he goes to grab it, he hears a squeaking noise, which turns out to be the squirrel that had a paper bomb on it. Now, the paper bomb is like on fire. It hasn't quite exploded yet, but the squirrel is like rolling around freaking out because of the smoldering paper bomb. Lee forgets about the 20th leaf and leaps into action and yanks the smoldering paper bomb off of the squirrel. He holds the paper bomb in one hand and the squirrel in the other as he lays on his back on the ground and remarks out loud, Whew, that was close. He then crumples the paper bomb, effectively smothering it and keeping it from exploding. He then continues, This paper bomb explodes after a certain amount of time. Who would do such an awful thing? It shows us the 20th leaf resting on the ground and the scene transitions away. And, you know, remember, he was issuing a challenge for him to get all 20 leaves so that Sakura would return his feelings and he didn't accomplish that. So we'll see if Sakura ever actually returns these feelings or not or if his issue, his challenge that he gave himself comes, you know, if he, if he reveals himself to be a prophet over due course. But... As I said, the scene transitions and it takes us to Neji, who kind of stops in the middle of a clearing and suddenly demands, all right, stop hiding and come out. And it's revealed that it's Team 10, Ino Shikacho, that uh, Neji is on to. Ino questions, shoot, how could he have seen us? We hid so fast. And uh, Shikamaru insists, what a drag. Not that he's found us out, but this is going to be such a drag. Eno offers, it's no big deal. Our hide and hang out strategy didn't work, so we'll just use strategy number two. And Choji, shocked, asks, what? Are you serious, Eno? And Eno asks, you got a problem with that? Trust me, this plan can't fail. 
And Shikamaru responds, well, what have we got to lose? And I love that their team's first plan was to hide and hang out. That was strategy number one. Hide and hang out. That's Shikamaru's plan. They all suddenly run out into the clearing and Eno starts fawning. Oh, wow. Imagine running into last year's number one rookie ninja Hyuga out here. And Shikamaru chimes in, can I have your autograph? And Neji smugly remarks, oh, it's you guys. Eno thanks to herself as she strikes a sensual pose. Strategy two, where you fall head over heels in love with my beauty. And she suddenly lets her hair down and the background turns blue and she like starts sparkling. And she continues with a wink. Hi there. I've been wanting to meet you for a really long time now, Neji. So hi. And Neji hardly even allows her time to finish this and goes, get lost, as he turns his back to them and begins to walk away. This clearly shocks Eno, right? Her like head gets all huge. Her veins are like protruding. She's clearly super upset and thinks, what? He should have been bowled over by my beauty. Why didn't that work? Grr, it makes me so angry. I could just hit something. And she like punches at the air. And Neji stops and without even turning around asks, did you just raise your fist to me? Does that mean you want to fight? And Eno is like clearly terrified by this and stiffens straight up and demands, no, no way, of course not. Neji scoffs and says, go away. Even if I were to take a scroll from you cowardly wimps, everybody would just laugh at me for it. Eno immediately demands, sounds good to me, as the whole squad leaps into the bushes. Right? Neji remarks aloud, huh, they scurry off like cockroaches. Team 10 is gathered, uh, is like gathering themselves behind the bushes, and all of them are clearly shook by their running with Neji. As Shikamaru pulls himself together, he thinks, it's just as I thought. Someone like him wouldn't take a scroll from people like us unless we turned on him and attacked. And, you know, it goes to show, like, Neji, Neji knows these guys. Neji doesn't feel threatened by these guys at all. There's clearly, like, a hierarchy. And Neji isn't even trying to be, like, accused of taking the, e, the easy pass out by going for these guys. Right? Um, so Neji's a real badass. But uh, at this point, Eno stands up and puts her hair back in a ponytail and says, All right, let's see if we can find some weaklings. And, like, laughs real nervously. The Shikamaru quips, yeah, I doubt we'll do that. I doubt we'll find anyone weaker than us. The scene transitions to Sakura, who's still nodding on and off to sleep while watching over the squadlings who are still unconscious. From the side, you hear Dosu call out, some lookout, you're half asleep. Sakura immediately reacts to this and looks in the direction of his voice, where it's revealed that the entirety of Team Dosu is out in the open where Dosu taunts, at least you don't have to keep watch anymore. What's the point after we've already found you? Now wake Sasuke up. We want to fight him. Sasuke thinks, you'll never get him, you jerks. And uh, her like hands are trembling as she's reaching for a kunai holster. But she gathers herself and stands tall and demands, what do you want here? I mean, what do you really want? I know Orochimaru's calling the shots from the shadows, and this like clearly shocks the sound ninja. They weren't expecting to hear their actual leader's name get called out clearly. But she continues, what's that strange bruise on the back of Sasuke's necks? 
you're behind this, aren't you? And now you want to fight him while he can't defend himself? And Dosu questions to himself, what in the world could he be thinking? Zaku pipes up, I can't stay quiet after hearing you talk to us like that. First I'm going to kill this girl, and then I'm going to kill Sasuke. He then stands up atop a boulder that he was sitting on, and Sakura braces herself, when suddenly Dosu calls out, wait, Zaku. To which Zaku responds, what, why? Dosu walks forward and explains, it's so obvious, this is the color of, this isn't the color of dirt around here, this is the color of dirt that's been recently dug up, and this kind of grass doesn't grow in a place like this. You know, if you're going to lay a trap, there's no point unless you make it, unless you make sure it's actually hidden. And this like makes Sakura sweat, right? Like she's not trying to say anything, but it's clear she's been found out. Zaku then chimes in, ha, you're just a joke. You threw your kunai knife so that squirrel wouldn't spring the trap, you said, huh? And, you know, it, it makes sense. She was like, oh, that was close. And it really wasn't a threat to her. And so it was close to showing off her trap. Dosu at this point cocks his head sideways and says, now we kill her. And all three of the, uh, of the sound ninja leap towards her at once through the air. And as they're flying through the air, Sakura smirks and uh, lets out a small chuckle and she cuts a rope with her kunai springing her second actual trap. And a giant log comes swinging in and Zoku even exclaims out loud, a log. Dosu remarks, you also laid a trap above, look out. He then puts one hand on the log and casts a hand sign with his free hand. And he exclaims, nice try, little girl, as he splits the log in two. He then taunts, clearly you have no talent as a ninja. Someone like you needs to make a little more of an effort, don't you think? And as they close in on Sakura... Sakura begins to tear up, realizing defeat, when suddenly, out of nowhere, you hear Rock Lee's voice yell, Leaf Hurricane! And uh, Rock Lee comes in with a spinning kick attack that sends all three members of Team Dosu flying back. He lands directly in front of Sakura, uh, and Sakura is, like, clearly shocked by all of this. Sakura thinks to herself, what? What's he doing? It then shows us Rock Lee, and he's rocking a sick-ass pose with his left hand behind his back and his right hand forward, beckoning his opponents on. His hair is blowing in the wind, and uh, he has the squirrel from earlier on his shoulder. What a badass. Lee then taunts Team Dosu, saying, Looks like you also need to make more of an effort. Dosu angrily asks, Who are you? And Lee responds, I'm the handsome devil of the Leaf Village, and my name is Rock Lee. The stare down between Team Dosu and Rock Lee drags on and intensifies until Sakura breaks the tension, asking, what, what are you doing here, Lee? And Lee responds, proclaiming, I will always appear anytime and anywhere that you are in trouble, Sakura. He then sets the squirrel on the ground, gingerly saying, this was really all thanks to you, little one. But now it's time for you to run along. Sakura then demands, but right now on this test, I'm your enemy. And Lee responds, Sakura, I already told you, I will protect you until I die. And Sakura is immediately taken back to uh, 
when she first met Lee at the start of the tuning exams, when he said to her, please be my girlfriend. I, pre- I vow to protect you with my life. And he smiles and his teeth gleam. Sakura then responds, yes, thank you, Rock Lee. And Rock Lee immediately starts crying, thinking to himself, yes, she said, yes, Guy Sensei, she said, yes. Dosu then lowers his gaze and says, it looks like I have no choice. Zaku, I'll let you have Sasuke. I'll take care of these two. He then tosses their blue earth scroll to Zaku. Rock Lee thinks, it does not look like Sakura is in any condition to fight. Uh, Dosu then pulls his left sleeve up, revealing a metal forearm bracer with holes in it uh, that we saw earlier. Um, it's a speaker. It's, a, it's an echo speaker. He then thinks to himself, that guy with the bushy eyebrows is pretty good at taijutsu. Looks like I get to have some fun. And he comes rushing forward. Sakura throws her kunai to slow him down, which works a little. Lee then punches into the ground and yanks a giant root out of the ground and uses it to shield himself from Dosu's attack. As he does this, he remarks, I am positive that there is some kind of trick to your attack. Therefore, I will not waste my time trying to dodge it. After all, I have seen your jutsu before. Sakura is clearly amazed by Rock Lee's badassness, and she sees this transpiring and thinks, Wow, he's tough. Lee then thinks, Of course, having said that, my odds are still not good since it is three against one. I have to take a chance. The scene zooms in on Lee's intense gaze as he thinks, One at a time, I will attack each of them with all of my might. And the scene then transitions to Squad 10, Ino Shikacho. Choji is up on a tree branch, chomping on some chips like you'd expect. From below, you hear Ino suddenly exclaim, Oh man, there doesn't seem to be anyone around who's weaker than us. Shikamaru then butts in, Not so fast. I still think Naruto's team might actually be weaker than ours. Ino gets upset and demands, take that back right now, you jerk. And Shikamaru is clearly confused by this and asks, what do you mean? To which Ino responds, there's no doubt Naruto and Sakura are lame, but I won't have you badmouthing Sasuke. He's awesome. Shikamaru crosses his arms and offers, yeah, whatever. Maybe your precious Sasuke is better in theory than in practice. Ino clearly hates this and gives him a nasty glare. And Shikamaru kind of uh, says, all right, I apologize if I upset you. He then gives her the side eye from hell and thinks to himself, what a drag. I say one negative thing about Sasuke and I get the evil eye from his number one fan here. Ino then triumphantly demands, there's no way that Sasuke could lose a battle. Ha, but Sakura is a different matter. When suddenly, uh, Choji, who's still happily chomping away on his snacks, stops for a second and takes a harder look at something, and he hollers down to the rest of his squadmates, Hey, Sasuke has collapsed. Ino and Shikamaru both 
you know, effectively ask what, huh? You know, they need some type of affirmation because they're confused. Choji then adds, and Sakura's fighting. Ino then questions, what did you say? Ino and Shikamaru both leap onto the tree branch with Choji to take a harder look for themselves. Ino sees what is transpiring, gasps, and the scene transitions to Neji and Tintin meeting at the kunai on the ground per their agreement. Tintin remarks aloud, huh, he's late, and he's never late. Lee is, well, fanatical about being on time. Maybe he ran into the enemy, you think? And Neji kind of laughs and remarks, no, I'm sure he's all right, but still, we better go find him. Tintin responds, right, and they take off into the forest. As they're moving about, Neji has a flashback to Rock Lee in training, who yanks two huge logs out of the ground and he's yelling with excitement, I did it, I finally mastered a jutsu. And Guy Sensei, Guy Sensei demands, enough resting, you're wasting your precious gift of youth. Neji and Tintin are off to the side panting with exhaustion while Lee is still jumping around full of gas. Guy Sensei thinks, this jutsu, in the end, only Lee can make it his own. Lee, still pacing back and forth with excitement, is remarking aloud, I did it, I finally did it. After all this practice, I finally pulled it off. If I just try hard enough, I can really do anything. Wow, I really did it, ha And Guy Sensei, like, while he's doing this, is just trying repeatedly to get his attention by calling out his name until he finally gets fed up with it and yells, Quiet! And he punches Lee in the face, knocking him to the ground. Guy then demands, now listen to your sensei's awesome message. Rock Lee turns towards him, crying, saying, yes, I'm ready to hear your amazing wisdom, sir. Guy then announces, this new jutsu, the lotus technique, is now forbidden. This shocks everyone and causes Lee to run up to Guy Sensei asking, what do you mean, why? Guy Sensei then responds, this jutsu, it puts a huge strain on your body's muscles. It's a self-sacrificing technique. Normally, humans only use at most 20% of their muscle strength. Do you understand only about 20%? If all the power were to be used, the muscles would disintegrate. So the brain regulates the amount of power the muscles can exert. But this jutsu is different. It uses chakra, which forces the brain to go past its limits, allowing for continuous high-speed taijutsu. In other words, this jutsu relies on a secret technique that brings forth power almost to the limits of the human body. So you see, it's very dangerous. There is one time when this jutsu should be used, when a particular condition is met. And Lee straightens up and um, salutes his sensei and remarks, Yes, I see. What is the condition, sir? And Guy sensei proclaims, Are you ready? You all need to take this to heart. The condition is... And in that moment, we transition back to Neji, who's running along the tree branches, who's thinking the condition is. And then we're taken back to Rock Lee, who is unwrapping his hand and forearm bindings. As he does this, he thinks, Guy Sensei, I have to use the lotus now. The condition has been met. I must use the jutsu. 
As he thinks this, Dosu comes rushing in and attacks Rock Lee. Uh, and he uh, casts a hand sign. And as he does this, uh, Rock Lee uh, yells out loud, To protect the life of someone precious. And as he says this, Guy's sensei voice uh, plays over the top. Like you can hear Guy's sensei's voice channeling through Rock Lee. Lee then dodges Dosu so fast that Dosu remarks aloud, he disappeared. And as suddenly as he disappeared, he reappears underneath Dosu and kicks him straight up into the air. Lee then leaps into the air and is cruising behind Dosu as they fly through the air. And Lee yells, not yet. And his arm wraps then wrap themselves around Dosu and Lee wraps him up from behind, like wraps his arms and legs around him from behind as they head towards the ground. Zaku, seeing this transpiring, yells, Oh no, Dosu, there's no way he can break his fall. And he begins casting hand signs. Lee yells as him and Dosu fall faster and begin to rapidly twirl Take this, primary lotus. And just as they're hitting the ground, Zoku casts his hand signs and slams his fists into the ground. From his fists, two mound trails go from where he's standing to where Lee and Dosu are landing. And like Lee, Dosu, and the trails heading there from Zaku all meet up at once. And when they when it all hits, there's like this huge dust up, right? And as the dust clears, it's revealed that Dosu is sticking out of the ground, face down in the ground, but clearly in a mound of softer dirt that Zaku made with his jutsu. And as Rock Lee is flying through the air away from the area of impact, he thinks, ugh, what is this feeling? Zaku then smirks and remarks, ha, got you just in time. The impact could have been much worse for you. And then Dosu pulls himself out of the mound and starts to dust himself off. Which Lee simply cannot believe. He remarks, what this can't be? And Dosu admits, that is a frightening jutsu. You nearly took me out even though I landed on this soft dirt. Dosu pulls his right sleeve up, again revealing his forearm resonating echo speaker weapon while remarking, now it's my turn. Lee thinks, oh no, my body has still not recovered from that jutsu. And Dosu comes rushing in and swipes at Rock Lee, uh, who is able to dodge but still gets hit with the sound wave attack after the fact. Lee's vision becomes blurred and wavy as he looks at Dosu. And Dosu remarks, your jutsu is indeed fast, but ours is even faster because it moves at the speed of sound. Lee struggles to stay upright, ultimately falling to his knees. And Dosu then mocks, effort by itself does nothing. Now watch, we're going to show you something called the wall. And the members of Team Dosu all laugh menacingly as the episode ends. Right? Now, there was a, a pretty fair amount of stuff that happened in that episode. Um, it was a fun episode for sure, right? We got to see Rock Lee come in and save the day. Um, I have some final thoughts here, and so I'll just kind of run through them. And if there's anything uh, that I want to add to that at the end, I'll just add it. So, 
I can't believe that Naruto and Sasuke are still both down, right? How bad did Orochimaru do them, boys? I think that Naruto is still out from, like, blunt force. Like, I think he just got smacked by a giant snake or something. Like, it, I, don't, I don't think he got, like, poisoned or, like, anything like that. You know, I think he just, like, got the shit knocked out of him. And then uh, Sasuke is, like, actively having his ass kicked. He's, like, pa he passed out from the pain that the curse mark that Orochimaru put on his neck gave him. Um, I love the reaction from Team Dosu when Sakura called them out for being under the control of Orochimaru. Right, it just kind of goes to show the level of secret, the level of secrecy that's surrounding the operations of Orochimaru. Right, um, even hearing his name caused uh, his squadlings to be like, "Whoa." Um, our man Rock Lee said uh, that he'll protect Sakura a few episodes back, and homie meant it. Right. Um, he really didn't mean it. But uh, furthermore, he did say that he was going to catch all 20 of them leaves so that Sakura would return his feelings to him. And he only got to 19. So we'll see how that winds up panning out if Sakura ever re reciprocates the love that Lee has for. Her. But what I think is also cool is that like Lee saw like a forest animal in trouble and was like, oh, fuck what I have going on. Let me go help this forest animal. Right, and then whenever he came in and saved the day, he still had the forest animal on his shoulder. Right, like he's like a clearly like a sweet, peaceful guy, um, which is cool. Um, I love that he rolled up on the entire team solo style and literally sent them all packing so quick. Um, which now, Dosu's kind of got him where he wants him. We'll see how it pans out. Uh, Zaku did really great for Team Dosu by saving Dosu's from uh, Lee's primary lotus attack. Be interesting to see what that jutsu is called. Like soft mound of dirt jutsu. Or just like really convenient plot armor jutsu. Um, you know, like, like what, what jutsu do you cast that makes you create like a, a soft pile of dirt? You know, like is it literally just like a brace for impact jutsu that you have for your friends? Is that like a thing? Um... But either way, you know, he, he saved the day for his teammate because uh, Rock Lee was going to break his spine. Uh, which, he hit him with the primary lotus, right? A kick into the air followed by a twisting pile driver. Which, this is a badass attack. Like, he literally moved so quick that Dosu thought he vanished. And then he, like, hit him with that sweet chin music straight into the air. And then hit him with the pile driver move. Like, it's, it's hard to beat. Um, if it hadn't been for Zaku laying around, that'd have been the end of Dosu's story. I wonder how bad Team Dosu is gonna get wrecked when the rest of Team Guy uh, shows up, and the Squadlings wake up, and Squad Ten comes to help. Like, I know that these teams are all supposed to be like independent. Like, you know, a Leaf Village team could run into a, v a Leaf Village team, and they could have to fight one another to get their scrolls. But like. Right now, this just feels like straight-up gang-gang. You know, it's like Leaf Village versus everybody. I mean, and, you know, it's crazy because these kids don't realize that they're fighting these, like, badass dudes who are, like, plants from them. It's all this, like, wild conspiracy thing that's happening, right? They just think they're, like, dealing with, like, a typical group of guinea. Um, P.S. the Hokage and the Anbu are still actively on the way, right? Like... Anko sent for the Hokage, and the Anbu are actively already on the move. 
And so uh, there are definitely going to be people getting in the way of Orochimaru's fun. So we're going to see if that actually leads to the end of the Leaf Village or not. Um, right now, Bushy Brow is simply outnumbered. He'd have ended Dosu's story already 1v1, but he burnt himself out and now he's real compromised. Which again, shout out to Zaku for being like the extra help. I like how the girl on the team, like she literally hasn't even touched the screen this episode at all. Like she's still there. They're still a, like they're still a third member of that team. So we'll see what happens with her. Um, this is the second time that we've seen Dosu catch someone with his jutsu. So although he is an underling of Orochimaru, right, this guy is clearly talented and capable. Um, and it should be interesting to see how it plays out from here, right? I mean, we've got a fight lining up between uh, Rock Lee and the entirety of... Rock Lee and Sakura versus the entirety of uh, Team Dosu. But at this point, both Rock Lee and Sakura have been compromised. Sakura just is like uh, sleep-deprived and exhausted. And Rock Lee cashed himself out with his primary Lotus, pushing his body further than it needed to go and not having proper recovery time between when he did the Lotus and when the fight continued. So now we've got uh, really, and then Sasuke and Naruto are asleep. So we've got four compromised Leaf Ninja being ganged up on by three uh, of Orochimaru's underlings. But remember, we've still got Tintin and Rock Lee, or Tintin and Neji rather, on the way. And Neji's like that dude. Neji's like the baddest motherfucker around right now, apparently. Um, you know, was the number one rookie last year and has only grown and is like completely impervious to Genjutsu of the Eno level. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens whenever they show up. Um, I imagine that Team 10, Eno Shikacho, they're just going to wind up like sitting this one out and watching it. Like they might uh, sneak in and get a scroll up during the mix-up, right? Like they might all three gang up on the girl from uh, team dosu and get their scroll or something uh who knows right they're like they're like uh weird little players right they're just watching this all transpire and they can do whatever they want so uh that'll be interesting to keep in mind as well but guys i could talk about this for literal hours this is everything that i have in my notes hopefully i was able to cover everything and make sure that everybody's uh thinking about this stuff coherently right there's a lot of stuff happening and i just want to make sure that everybody who's watching this thing for the first time is able to keep track of the things that are important the names that are important uh the places that are important uh and you know how these things all relate to one another so if i'm not doing that let me know in the comments and i'll definitely see what i can do to change things up um that also being said, man, uh, participate in the comments. Like, share, be friendly. The whole point is to be friendly, guys. Don't be mean to nobody in my comments. That's that's not cool. Um, you know, hey, let's all be friendly. Um, that's the whole point. But at any rate, guys, I really appreciate y'all so, so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. This is Joshua. I'm your Kona Hook Companion. Peace.